So in celebration of Mother's Day, I would like to share a message called A Woman Problem. Now, don't twist my words. I knew it was dangerous. I'm not saying women are the problem. I'm saying we're talking about a woman problem. And that may seem strange that a man would talk about a woman problem. But it's in the Bible. I'm just following the Bible. That's it. So as we, as we follow Mark's story, I mean, if you just boil it down, what, what he's telling us, he's telling us about Jesus announcing the arrival of God's rule back on the earth. And when that happens, with that, that announcement, there's an invitation. Follow me into God's kingdom, into what God's doing on the earth. And so all kinds of people start to follow Jesus, especially people who begin to experience the benefits of God's rule on the earth. God is setting things right in their lives that other things have never corrected. So you've got a man that's freed from an unclean spirit that was tormenting him. And that happens in a synagogue meeting. You've got Peter's mother-in-law that's healed of a fever. You've got a leper. You've got a lame man. You've got a man with a withered hand. Multitudes with a variety of diseases and bondages. There's a Gentile even that's tormented by a thousand demons. And then you've got Jairus, who we talked about last week, the leader of the synagogue of Capernaum. So as that's happening, Jesus' fame is spreading. And so people in need whether it be something physical, whether it be something spiritual, they are beginning to seek out Jesus. And I think one of the ways to, to appreciate the, like the kind of the mass movement of people is Capernaum at this time, which is home base for the beginning of Jesus' ministry, is about 1,500 people. So it's a small village. But just, just to the north, up the hill from Capernaum, Pretty soon, 5,000-plus people are going to gather for the Lord's table, I mean, for the uh, feeding of the 5,000. And so, I mean, the more people that live in Capernaum are, are gathering and starting to follow Jesus. So people in need. So this, this guy, Jairus, who's the leader of the synagogue in Capernaum, his 12-year-old daughter uh, is sick. She's so sick that she's approaching death. And so he goes to find Jesus. I, I need help. I just want to remind you that Jairus, he, he would have been like the mayor, would be maybe the, what's comparable in our system. He was the head of both the civil and the, and the religious life of Capernaum. He would have been a highly respected leader. Uh, being the president of the synagogue, the leader of the synagogue, probably was passed on from his father to him, may have gone back generations. And then as a leader of the synagogue, then he just, he directs the services and the building. So he's the one that comes to Jesus. But as uh, he makes his request and Jesus begins to go with him, there's an interruption in what's happening. So Mark 5, 24 to 34. So Jesus went with Jairus. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who'd been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She'd endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, rather grew 
worse. She'd heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately after touching him from behind, the bleeding stopped. She felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, You gotta be kidding. Look at the crowd around you, pressing in on you. How can you say, who touched me? And Jesus looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. In Mark's story, there's a contrast between Jairus and an unnamed woman. And, and one, we're going to look at three ways that you contrast it. But, but one, Jairus is a man. And the unnamed woman is a woman. <laughs> Jairus is an influential man. This is an unnamed woman. Jairus was wealthy. This is a woman who had spent all of her resources living in poverty and sickness. I mean, the contrast is really astounding. Jairus was the leader of the synagogue. He had access to the synagogue. She's bleeding. She can't go to the synagogue. She was considered unclean. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So this juxtaposition that Mark presents us with I mean, we, get to, we really somewhat get to read between the lines. And it really raises this question. This is the tension. Jesus has agreed publicly to help a man. And that man happened to be Jairus. He's the president of the synagogue in Capernaum. He's influential. He's a respected leader. His 12-year-old daughter is in critical, like close to death, a serious situation. So will Jesus, under these circumstances, turn his attention from this man to this woman? Ladies, this is not, uh, this is going to get better uh, than this page. But I've got to tell you that women in the Oriental world did not have it very well. So a few quotes, characteristic of the traditional position and estimation of women is a saying current in different forms among the Persians, Greeks, and Jews in which man gives thanks that he is not an unbeliever, he's not uncivilized, he's not a slave, and he's not a woman. So men, turn to your wife or to the the girl, woman next to you to say, you know, I, thank God I'm not a woman. No, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, in, isn't that incredible? Now, you, you, would, you would hope 
Because the Bible, while it has the, that culture, the, hist- the Bible's rooted in culture and history. And so you will get nuances of this, but please don't mistake that that's what God thinks about women. So we have to be wise enough to sort out what was cultural and what God is saying. God, God's elevating women. But sadly, within the history of Judaism, there's echoes of this low position of women. So here, again, this is not really Mother's Day stuff. Happy is he whose children are males, and woe to him whose children are females. The honorary title, daughter of Abraham, is rare in rabbinic literature. Women are greedy, inquisitive, lazy, vain, and frivolous. Many women, much witchcraft. What in the world? <laughs> May the words of the Torah be burned. They should not be handed over to women. Wow. Wow. Good question. So, again, Jesus has agreed to help a man in a world that positioned women lower than that man. So, is Jesus going to say, hey, pal, I'm helping her. First, and then we'll get on to your daughter. Or does he say, we'll go take care of the daughter and then we'll help you. The way that his world worked would have given deference to the man. And she's not only a woman, she's also a sick woman. And sickness, again, oh man. This is, I mean, these are the reasons Jesus is announcing something new. Sickness was commonly considered the result of sin followed by the retribution of God. Wouldn't it make you just feel great that every time you were sick that your friends surrounded you and said, God's correcting you, it's his retributive anger towards you, and that's why you're sick. Or sickness was attributed to the activity of an unclean spirit. So there's a, you got a demon in you, that's why you're sick. Although Jesus recognizes the connection connection between sickness and sin, he breaks through the rigid dogma of retribution and thus sets sickness in a completely different light. Its sharpest sting is thus removed. The sharpest sting of sickness is not that we're sick. The sharpest sting is when you combine something spiritual and say, God is mad at you and God is exacting his retributive judgment on you. That's why you're sick. Or you're sick because there's a demon in you. That stings worse. This woman would have heard those words. She lived in that world. What did that woman do wrong? What has she not repented of for 12 years that's kept her in this position? She's got a demon of, whatever. The New Testament is quite clear that diseases and handicaps are evils which contradict God's plan for creation. Hence, it does not allow religious narrowness or ascetic fanaticism to bring sickness into opposition or disrespectful attempts to liberate us from these ills. That's a loaded statement. She's not only a sick woman, she's an unclean woman. Looking around the room, 
I can proceed. Leviticus contains religious law for cleansing after a woman's menstrual cycle and after the birth of a child. This woman has been hemorrhaging for 12 years. There's, no, there's been no, no medical solution. As the doctors tried to help her, it got worse. She, there was no, I mean, she'd gone probably for some kind of healing. There was no healing. And so she would have been declared unclean because she's bleeding in a feminine way. So she would not have been allowed into the synagogue. And she would not have been allowed to travel down to Jerusalem to go into the temple for 12 years. Now, if you read back in Leviticus, I I think this is true. This is a footnote in my Bible. The chapter, Leviticus 12, does not suggest that reproduction and birth are disgusting or evil. Rather, the offerings for cultic purification speak of the sacredness of life and the concern for it. You know, I, I really believe that, that that's true. But I also know that when the religious... Read things, they can turn those into this narrowness and this rigid dogma of retribution. So it's how we interpret what God has given us. So this is what I wonder. Is Jairus experiencing this deconstruction of his rigid dogma of retribution and his religious narrowness. Because I think if his daughter is worthy of healing, then how can not this daughter, which Jesus calls the woman in the street, also be healed? Jesus, he's leveling the field of healing. And it just gets more incredible. Jesus is not the radical who proclaims laws and seeks to enforce a transformation of relationship. Jesus is the Savior who gives himself especially to the lowly and oppressed and calls all without distinction to the freedom of the kingdom of God. He calls all, whether you're a man and you're rich and you're distinguished and influential or you're a woman who's poor and on the streets. He doesn't draw a line of distinction. He's calling all into the freedom of the kingdom of God. And then characteristic is the small trait that is in his parables, Jesus turns frequently And with such tenderness to the everyday life of the woman with its anxieties and joys. Finally, we're getting to Mother's Day. Jesus frequently turns and with such tenderness to the everyday life of the woman who in the Orient was considered very low. Jesus did not hesitate to speak to women. Jesus taught women. 
Jesus calls a woman daughter of Abraham. Jesus speaks on behalf of women. Jesus helps the needy among women. Jesus does not shun contact with an unclean woman. We never hear from the lips of Jesus a derogatory word concerning women as such. Can I read that again? We never hear from the lips of Jesus a derogatory word concerning women as such. Jesus did not look down on women. Jesus brought with him an elevation of women that's connected with the rule of God, with God beginning to set things right on the earth. So for this woman on the street, it it was a happy Mother's Day if she had kids. And maybe she didn't because of her problem, but maybe after this she could. And then it was a happy... We haven't even gotten to Jairus' wife But it was a happy Mother's Day because Jairus' daughter is raised from the dead. Happy Mother's Day. And so really all of that leads me to really wanting just to pray a prayer for the women and the moms among us. So ladies, if you would like to please stand. And this would be, I mean, this is, it's it's moms and women, so, uh, and it could be girls as well. Ladies, again, I want to repeat that Jesus turned frequently with tenderness toward women. Jesus never spoke a derogatory word to a woman. That, I believe, is what God's heart is. And I'm really sad that the history of humanity, the history of Judaism, and the history even of Christianity is not clean. It's not pure. Those that have followed Jesus have, at times tried to keep women in their place, have spoken derogatory words against women. But what I want to, I want to bring us back to home to Jesus, the guy that we're all supposed to be emulating and following. And he never did that. And he always turned and tenderly cared. So Jesus, our prayer, and men, I'm asking you to join me in this, Mallory, you can stand up as well because you're a lady. Jesus, our prayer is that you turn frequently and with the same tenderness you demonstrated to this woman on the streets of Capernaum as well as to the mother of Jairus' daughter. We ask you to turn frequently with the same tenderness to the everyday life of the women in our community with all of their anxieties and all of their joys. Jesus, turn your attention toward these that we cherish 
towards these that we give thanks for, towards these that we are so grateful for. We ask that you extend your hand of tenderness. Touch each woman in the midst of their anxieties and their joys. So guys, I'd like to invite you just to kind of pick up from that prayer. And obviously there may be a special woman next to you. And I just invite you to pray. So there's probably, there's not enough men to do that for every woman. But let's let a few men uh, pray for their loved ones as we end our time together, okay?